Once again, here, here we are. Here I am once again. Torn into pieces. One D&D. One D&D. Is, is the subject of today's episode of the Dungeon Bros Podcast. I'm Connor. And I'm Sam. We are not brothers. Nor are we in a dungeon. But we are one in D&D. Yes. As there's a lot to talk about with the Wizards of the Coast Presents live stream. I think it was a stream that they did. You can watch the, the VOD on YouTube now. It's an hour long and they talk about what's going to be happening with... Uh, Magic of the Gathering and the Dungeons and the Dragons and who boy is there uh they've announced a lot a lot coming up in the next year and in the next two years in general yeah and normally we have our regularly scheduled bullshit at the top and um but for today we're going to do exactly that and Sam how the hell are you I am tired today. I went to I went to see uh, Weird Al Yankovic last night, live and in concert. That sounds like a you problem. Uh, well, it's mostly the fact that it was in Dayton, and so I didn't get home until about midnight. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go into the office today. Mm-hmm. Big tragedy. Big mm-hmm. tragedy. You do like that work from home life quite a bit. It was one of those things where it's like at the beginning, I did not want to do it. I wanted to be in the office. I want to learn in the office. And now I'm like, I don't want to put on pants. Yeah. Pants are bullshit. Pants are bullshit. I, I have I have long since foregone the pants life with the exception of the dead of winter and the sweatpants. Mm. Uh, it is very rare that you find me in a jean these days. Yeah, I think I've seen you. We've lived together for uh, two years now, and I think I've seen you in jeans a total of maybe a dozen times. Like you, you might be able to count it on two hands. I have two hands. Yeah, that's why you could count on them. That one just kind of like hurt me a little bit. We've been we've been working on our Armada models as well. Sam's been assembling and priming, and we're working on painting that. And oh boy, who boy, who boy, actually assembling like well-made models and priming and print and 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 painting and and assembling is a lengthy process, man. It is a Herculean task for those that are not used to it. Oh yeah, we had. I mean, besides getting different types of glue. Getting, uh, going and getting more paints that we needed, and then let alone all the intricate details on these ships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And every time I, I've I've painted two now, and the first one I was like, wow, I really enjoy, I like look like how this looks. And then I went back and started doing the second one. I looked at the first one. I went, this is utter crap, and started touching at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to get, I want to get this out of the way at the top of the show. Uh, we'll, we'll get to this later when we talk about the Spelljammer release as well. Mm-hmm. But we we managed to get the entire like three book Spelljammer set with DM screen for forty two dollars on Amazon. Yeah, I don't know if that's still. Well, hold on, we'll do this live. Do it live. Fuck okay, it, we'll do it live. Amazon. Ladies and gentlemen, he is right now going to Amazon.com domain of Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. You can currently get Spelljammer's Adventures in Space. The Campaign Collection, Adventure, Setting, Monster Book, Map, and DM Screen, Hardcover on Amazon. Not Prime, sadly, uh, but it is currently listed at $41.99. And I don't know if you know the normal going rate of the D&D books, but it's in like the 25 to 35 range, depending on how recent it is. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if, you're, if you're on the fence about Spelljammers and you're kind of interested in it and you were worried that it was going to be really expensive, you can get all three of them for a little bit more than the price of a normal D&D book right yeah. now. Um, so that's cool. That's cool. That is very cool. 
I, I, I made I made a joke about the regularly scheduled bullshit, but I don't have a lot of bull to. Yeah, shit I think right we're uh, yeah we're a little. I mean, we got a big thing in front of us. We're looking at the at this oh at this boy. new D and D content, this new Magic the Gathering announcements, and I think we're ready to just kind of dive on in. Okay, well, one D and D. Well, okay, Wizards presents twenty twenty two. Yes, the two sections, one D and D. And Magic the Gathering. We'll get to Magic the Gathering at the end. We're going to focus on 1D&D for the bulk of this. 1D&D is what their code name is for the next edition, quote-unquote, of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, much like how 5th edition was originally D&D Next. Mm-hmm. And they really liked the idea of calling it D&D Next. And then the community kept calling it 5E. So they were like, all right, well, I guess we got to call it 5E now. But they want to move away from the editions and create a Dungeons & Dragons platform of rules that are largely not going to change so that they can simply create adventures and new additions and more options and stuff mm-hmm. with that system. Yeah, the the fifth edition platform has been, the fifth edition rules has been very successful, has uh, brought a lot of new people into the hobby, especially with, you know, uh, popular media ho- ho- grabbing onto it, things like Stranger Things, Critical Role, all those other things. Um <clears throat> And we've they we knew that they were coming going to be coming out with what we thought was going to be 5.5 um, edition here in 2024. So this uh, the the D and D one is going to include, of course, new uh, some of the big things are going to be new core rule books. Um, they're going to continue to build on the digital platform D and D Beyond, which they purchased earlier this year, and then. Um, there are also some plans to uh, to build this uh, digital uh, uh, play experience, a, 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 a miniature terrain and an adventure um, visual aid uh, to be integrated with D&D Beyond. They have a three-pillared approach. They want to print new core rulebooks of the Player's Handbook, Dungeon Master Guide, and Monster Manual. They want to improve the D&D Beyond experience and integrate it more tightly with the books and then that awesome virtual tabletop integration so ideally from what it sounds like they plan on in the future you buy a DD book and you can put it on your shelf that DD book is going to come with a code that you can redeem so you have that copy of the book on DD beyond mm-hmm. to aid in digital character creation as well as having that book wherever you want without having to have it with you Additionally, if you buy a book that is, say, an adventure module, say they redid Curse of Strahd in this new 1D&D system. When you buy Curse of Strahd, you would have the book, you would have the digital copy on D&D Beyond, and then you would have digital minis as well as 3D digital maps to use with their new D&D digital play experience that is also integrated with D&D Beyond for character sheets and rolling and keeping track of hit points and resources and all that kind of stuff all in one bundle mm-hmm. top level view that sounds like exactly what we've been asking for oh yeah for years even before D beyond belonged to wizards of the coast uh people were like why can't i get a digital code when i buy my physical copy because yeah a lot of people don't want to pay you know you buy the one book for 44 bucks and they have to pay another 44 bucks for it online so <clears throat> um the the straight overview at this level, this top level that we're looking at, this is all positives. <laughs> like they are, they are, they have said they really wanted to listen to the community, and uh, it seems like they are at least, uh, at least in in a good good amount of things. Now, one worry that I do have, they're not getting into specifics because this is all slated for 2024. We don't have a time frame, whether it's like quarter one, quarter four, like we don't know when in 2024. I would presume. 
late spring, early summer would be my guess. That makes sense to me. Um, Two, three. Yeah. Q2. Then we don't know pricing. Mm-hmm. D&D books might be $60 now for all we know with all of this additional stuff. Right. That's you one, might, one thing we get. talked about is, is can you buy the physical copy only? You Obviously, you'll probably be able to buy the digital copy only, but... Will these will these be like textbooks in the future yeah. where you have to have the digital code? I don't know. But that's all high level stuff. There's a beautiful trailer for um, all of the inclusions and they show an example of the three D map, which is amazing. It's really cool. If they can integrate with like Oculus or PSVR or get it on as many platforms as possible. Um, particularly VR platforms, mm-hmm. I think that would be really, really engaging. Oh, they are running it on the Unreal Engine. Yeah, um, so it's literally just a video game. Yeah, it's. I've, I think a lot of the, uh, we've seen a lot of other projects kind of try to come and do this, and a lot of the times they're just making either their own systems or something like that, but to actually just take an, a, an engine of video game engines, those are very, very powerful things. Oh, yeah. And to actually put that much development work into it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be high level. Herculean. 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 Task. Now, the big the big exciting thing with this one D&D announcement, because it is kind of just ideas. They're going to be releasing a series of very in-depth Unearthed Arcanas starting right now. You can go download the uh, playtest for character creation. And they will be doing a survey for that on September 1st. Read over it. If you want to try and make some characters, play a one-shot with these characters, I think that would be very beneficial. The character creation process is different, streamlined. Mm -hmm. I think overall, I like the direction it's going, but there's a lot of nitty-gritty that we need to get into. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. We have divided into a couple major sections, the character races character backgrounds, starting languages, which is a weird one that mm-hmm. got its own section, feats, uh, the rules glossary. There's some new notations, some changes to things. And then they have the beginnings of uh, the three spell lists that they're going to be going forward. And there are only three mm-hmm. spell lists. So we're going to start with races right off the top. You have your classic, your human, dragonborn, dwarf, elf, gnome, halfling, tiefling, orc, and the ardling. Mm-hmm. We're going to go in order that they show us. First is the human. The human, I think, got the big, one of the biggest buffs of any of the races out, out of them. They're changing the inspiration mechanic. We'll get into that a little bit later. But humans will gain inspiration whenever you complete a long rest. They gain an extra skill proficiency. And they gain either the skilled feat or a first level feat of your choosing. So now all humans are variant humans. Yes. Now, also notice... Didn't say anything about ability scores. Nope. Those are tied to backgrounds now and not races, which is, I feel like, just kind of a lateral move. To, like, it's not an improvement or... or... I, th- I think that um, the older, the original 2014 copy, those kind of, the way they divided uh, ability scores up between the races there um, would be a very big change. But since Tasha's, they brought it down to, you always just choose a plus one uh, or a, a plus one and plus two or three plus ones. Mm-hmm. Now moving it over to the backgrounds is very much a lateral move. Yeah, yes. it's it's a net neutral. I think the human is great. Getting a guaranteed first level feat, which when you get, we'll get to the backgrounds later, but you're going to be getting a first level feat. Mm-hmm. Anyway, getting two feats right out of the gate is going to be very strong. Daily guaranteed inspiration is going to be very strong. 
Um, the human is a top tier race choice now, just straight up. I mean, I, I, it already was with a lot of people just choosing it for variant human four, that mm-hmm. extra feat choice. Um, yeah, I see. Uh, this is yeah, this is uh, a good improvement. Very good. Next up is the Ardling, the upper uh, upper planes sort of beings, um, kind of like we're talking the antithesis of the Tiefling. Um, there will be three options: the Exalted, the Heavenly, and the Idyllic. All of them are going to ha- live about 200 years. They are all humanoids, and then they have animal heads. So think Bojack Horseman, <laughs> which is a fun way of putting that. Uh, they all get angelic flight as a bonus action. They'll sprout wings, and then they can fly equal to a uh, number of feet equal to their speed. At the end of that air movement, they fall if nothing is holding them, and they can do that a number of times equal to their proficiency bonus per long rest. And then each of the legacies, they are now called heritages, legacies, that kind of stuff, instead of subraces. Mm-hmm. Um, the exalted suggests uh, animal heads of the cat, eagle, goat, mule. They will at first level get thaumaturgy, third level divine favor, fifth level le- lesser restoration, fifth level lesser restoration. Heavenly looks like an elephant, owl, pig, or stork. They get light, cure wounds, and zone of truth. And then idyllic looks like a bear, dog, raven, or toad. They will get Guidance, Healing Word, or Animal Messenger. Uh, then they all will also have Resistance to Radiant Damage. This is very similar, but different than the... Um, the uh, very, it's basically the Tiefling. Tiefling, Tiefling yes. different spells. Yes. And different damage resistance, and they get Flight. Uh, I think Idyllic has the standout spell choice list there. Guidance, Healing Word is very, very good. It doesn't matter what, what you're playing. Right. Uh, next, the Dragonborn. Uh, the Dragonborn, all of their creature type, size, speed, lifespan is all about the same. Ancestry is sa- uh, same options as before. The Breath Weapon is the big change for the Dragonborn. Uh, they are an action, and they are all going to be a 15-foot cone. They're all going to be a dexterity saving throw. The DC is 8 plus your con plus your proficiency bonus. On a failed save, the creature will take 1d10 plus your character level in damage of the type determined by your ancestry, and you can use it a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus per long rest. You gain resistance to damage of the same type. They have dark vision of 60 feet, and they learn Draconic. So the breath weapon has actually two changes, because the original breath weapon from the 2014 book, uh, it was each different breath weapon was a different style of uh, attack a cone a or cone. a line mm-hmm. um but then interestingly in fizzbins mm-hmm. they changed the breath weapon to work as instead of one of your attacks yes that was an improvement a lot of people have been wanting to a lot of people even homebrew the breath weapon as a bonus action instead of an action in many cases but the compromise that they did for that in Fizzbins was if you have multiple attacks, you can replace one of your attacks with the use of your breath weapon, which made a Dragonborn, it gave them much more of a buff in mm-hmm. martial situations. Uh, but interestingly, it seems they're walking that back here. I don't know if that's just because it's playtest. Uh, I would love to see the inclusion of the Fizzbins modifications to breath weapons in an eventual one D&D. Yes. Uh, next, we have the dwarf. The dwarf no longer has any sub-races. Uh, they integrated a little bit of the... Oh, what, what were the two sub-races? Hill and mountain. They integrated a bit of both the hill and the mountain dwarf into the main dwarf now. Uh, all the normal things, creature types, size is now medium, speed's 30 feet, 
Yay. That was, 25. Yeah, 25 was a weird choice just to make it. For, so annoying. Yeah. Uh, they have dark vision to 60 feet. They gain resistance to poison damage and have advantage on saving throws to avoid or end the poisoned condition. All of them now have dwarven toughness, so they get an extra hit point every level that they have. Uh, Forge-wise, they, prof- t- uh, they gain a tool proficiency with two of jeweler's tools, mason's tools, smith tools, or tinker's tools, and stone cunning is now the exciting feature of the dwarf. As a yes. bonus action, they gain the new version of Tremor Sense with a range of 60 feet for 10 minutes. You must be on a stone surface or touching such a surface to use this Tremor Sense. The stone can be natural or worked, and you can use this bonus action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus per long rest. So, this is just an upgrade. Um, so, but they made the dwarfiest dwarf that ever dwarfed here. Oh, the dwarfiest of dwarves. And definitely the stone's cunning is a huge improvement because the old one was just you gain pr- uh, proficiency advantage on hi- or on history checks about stonework. That's very niche. Very niche. Didn't really come up unless your DM was like really trying to be like, all right, I'm going to make a point that every feature you have comes up at least once in a campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, straight buff. The dwarf was always kind of a sleeper hit. I feel like they were a real. It was a really good racial option in Five E. Uh, this I think is just better across the board sure this yeah no 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 arguments here i think uh the dwarf players are gonna really love this dwarf Mm -hmm. now the elf the elves i feel like are the race that was changed the least of all of them uh is essentially the same though things are laid out a little bit differently and some of the details are different um same size same creature type same speed same lifespan 60 foot dark vision uh, the elven lineages available are the drow, the high elf, and the wood elf. We'll get to that in a moment. They all still have fey ancestry, advantage on saving throws to avoid or end the charmed condition. They all gain percep- they all gain proficiency in perception, and they all have trance, so they don't need to sleep. And magic can't put them to sleep. Finish a long rest in four hours. The drow, their dark vision increases to a range of 120 feet, and they know dancing lights. At third level, they learn fairy fire. At fifth level, they learn darkness. High elves know prestidigitation, and whenever they finish a long rest, they can replace that cantrip with a different cantrip from the arcane spell list. Third level is detect magic, fifth level is misty step. And then the wood elf has a speed of 35 feet, and they know druid craft. At third level, they learn long strider. At fifth level, they learn pass without a trace. So the drow got a buff with no sunlight sensitivity, and their dark vision was increased. A couple of, uh, I believe they already got darkness, but fairy fire is an extra one. Yeah. Uh, high elves now, instead of just picking any cantrip uh, once at the beginning, they can pick any cantrip every day, yep. and they get a couple extra spells, and the wood elf getting some additional spells. Uh, interestingly, uh, between the dwarf and the elf, no armor, no weapon proficiencies anymore. Yeah, it looks like they're, they're I think, removing them, for, probably removing from, them from just all, all of, the of them, and giving it, again, to the background. Um, also, it should be noted that the trance... Uh, is walked back from Monsters of the Multiverse. Yes. Uh, the trance in Monsters of the Multiverse had some additional effects on long rests. Um, oh, we were literally just looking at We were just, but... Do we get? Yeah. For, for the sake of being thorough... So on some of the other types of elves, we saw that they gained additional proficiencies. The Shatterkai, the Veladrin, and the Sea Elf, I believe, had gained additional proficiencies that they didn't already have on a long rest. Um, and we, we Those don't... proficiencies were different depending on the subrace of elf. So your um, 
Your Eladrin got skill proficiencies. The Sea Elf got tool and weapon proficiencies. Um, again, they're kind of walking back some of the changes that they've been making in more modern 5e. This is definitely stuff that I feel like a different team has been working on, and mm-hmm. there may not have been as much communication. But, I mean, Trance was still pretty good. Up next is the gnomes. Uh, gnomes, of course, are still humanoid, still small. They get 30 feet of speed. Pretty Hallelujah. <laughs> thank God we're just putting 30 feet as the minimum and basic. Uh, lifespan, 425 years. Dark vision out to a range of 60 feet. Uh, gnomish cunning. You gain advantage on intelligence, wisdoms, and charisma saving throws. Still awesome. Still awesome. A little different than the original, which is you gain advantage on, uh, on saving throws to resist magical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, two gnomish lineages, one being the forest gnome and one being the rock gnome. Um, the forest gnome learns the minor illusion cantrip uh, and can cast speak with animals with this trait. Uh, number of times equal to your proficiency bonus on a long rest. Um, and then the rock gnome learns mending and prestidigitation. Uh, and in addition, they can now create small clockworks devices that have an AC of 5 and 1 HP when they cast Prestidigitation over the course of 10 minutes using 10 gold worth of raw materials. Um, this kind of just gives them a, 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 the art, a little bit of that artificer flair, that natural yeah. artificer flair of being able to create a small clockwork thing that can do a basic effect of Prestidigitation once a day. Yep. You can have three of them, and they dismantle after eight hours, but when they do dismantle, you get the 10 gold worth of materials back so you can recycle them over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a much more streamlined option for their tinkering yes. that the Rock Gnome would normally get. Uh, and Prestidigitation is one of the great cantrips because it can do damn near anything. Uh, and now you, ha- you know, you can have three trinkets that can do damn near anything, and I'm sure that'll be very useful and totally not abused by any players at anyone's table. Looking at you, players at everyone's table. <laughs> the Halfling, again... No heritages, no subraces anymore. They're still humanoid, they're small, have a 30-foot movement. Thank you. They have brave, advantage on saving throws to avoid or end the frightened condition. Halfling nimbleness. They can move through the space of any creature that is a size larger than them, but they cannot stop in the same space. They gain luck when you roll a 1 on a d20 of a d20 test. We will get to that in a minute. You can re-roll the die, and you must use the new roll. And then naturally stealthy, they gain proficiency in stealth. The ha- halflingest halfling that ever halflinged. Yep, they pretty much took this, the good traits about the halfling and kind of threw out the ones that are... Hey, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Now, a quick note on the d20 test. We'll get to that in a minute. The d20 test is just a new term that is a shorter and sweeter way to say attack roll ability check or saving throw. Yep. That's all it is. The D20 test is shorthand for attack roll, ability check, and saving throw. All three. The big times you roll a D20. Yes. All right. Next, we have the Orc. Humanoid medium, 30 feet, 80 years on average. Uh, So note, again, we said this is the Orc, not the half-orc, as in the 2014 player's handbook. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have the the Adrenaline Brush ability, which when they take the... Uh, you can take the dash action as a bonus action, and when they do, they gain temporary hit points equal to their proficiency bonus. They can do this a number of times equal to their proficiency bonus per day. 60 feet of dark vision, powerful build, which is the same as current. You can count as one size larger when carrying 
determining carrying capacity, and they get the Relentless Endurance feature of the 2014 Half-Orc. When you would be reduced to zero hit points but not outright killed, you can instead choose to drop to one hit point, uh, and you can use this uh, uh, once a day, basically. Adrenaline Rush is probably my new favorite racial feature available in 1D&D, at least with these initial offerings. Mm. Dashing as a bonus action and then getting temporary hit points and getting that multiple times per day is so good. It's going to be great on most any martial class, which is what the half-orc and the orc were kind of designed for anyway. Plus, they get relentless endurance. I I love this. I love this racial option. And I'm going to need to talk to Darren, uh, see if I can do uh, change my half-orc to this it's version. Orc. <laughs> to this version of orc. I would like to point out <laughs> that, uh, that we're noticing... Um, I once saw that somebody pointed out, oh, there are no actual bonus actions in base, like when you're a first level character, yeah. you actually have to, you know, gain them through your class. Well, now we've seen two or three different, uh, different race options that actually give you a bonus action option yeah. at level zero. Now, th- we can get into an entire discussion about action economy and power creep and all that kind of stuff. I like having options. Yes. And all these are are more options. If you are new to D&D and you don't understand things, you can still just run up to something, smack it with a sword. But now, if you've been doing D&D for a while and you want to be that battle master fighter and you're at level one, you can run up, you can smack them. Now you can bonus action dash away. And now you have a little buff of health as well. So I think that's a net positive. And finally, the tiefling. One of the bigger changes from the core races there are now more than just the infernal tiefling there's the abyssal tiefling the chthonic tiefling and the infernal tiefling all from the lower planes they're all humanoid size medium or small chosen when you select the race 30 foot movement speed average of 100 year lifespan they all have a dark vision of 60 feet they all have a fiendish legacy, which grants them different spells and damage resistances depending on the type. And they all have otherworldly presence. They all know the thaumaturgy can- cantrip. They all know the thaumaturgy cantrip, and they cast it with the same ability, uh, with the same spell casting ability that they chose for their fiendish legacy. Abyssal. At first level, they have resistance to poison damage, and they know the poison spray cantrip. At third level, they learn ray of sickness. At fifth level, they learn hold person. Chthonic, resistance to necrotic damage, they learn chill touch. At third level, they learn false life. At fifth level, they learn ray of enfeeblement. And then the infernal, they have resistance to fire damage. They learn the firebolt cantrip, learn hellish rebuke at third level, and darkness at fifth level. I think these are the best spell lists Hmm. all across the board. Poison spray kind of eh, chill touch kind of eh, darkness has its uses. But ray of sickness, hold person, false life, ray of enfeeblement, hellish rebuke, firebolt, great. Great, great, great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so the Infernal is basically the the, the modern-day Tiefling, the 2014. Your classic, your classic Tiefling. And so back in, uh, I believe it was Morden Canaan's, they actually had nine different Tiefling uh, oh, yeah. variations based on the nine level layers of Hell. They've definitely walked that back and made it more simple given, and like you were saying, given better spells and, and, and more easy choices here um, than those nine. Yeah. Just three is all you need and gives you options. And the final note on character races, half races, half races aren't gone. They simply have a different way of being created. Essentially, you pick what races your parents would be. Mm-hmm. You pick one of those races for all of the statistics. 
you take the life expectancy and average it between the two, and then you can look like whatever amalgamation of those two races that you like. A little bit disappointing in some ways. I think some of the more classic half races, the half orc and the half elf, I think really should have a race option that is unique to them. I mean, the half elf is as classic of a character race option as the elf and the dwarf and the orc in the first place. Um, I don't think it's a deal breaker by any means. No. Um, but it would be nice to have that option. And again, it might just be one of those streamlining choices where, well, why are we making these two half races as opposed to just giving them the option? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Next up is character backgrounds. Overview of backgrounds. Um, the default background is building your own. Yes. The rules for building your own are as follows. A plus two and a plus one to ability scores of your choice, and a, or three plus ones to three ability scores of your choice. You get two skill proficiencies, a tool proficiency, a language, a first level feat. You have 50 gold to spend on starting equipment, and you can keep the remainder. That's how you build a background now, whatever you like. They offer a smattering of sample backgrounds, which mm-hmm. I am a fan of. Uh, a lot of them are the same things that you would ex- that you would have expected from uh, the player's handbook: the acolyte, the charlatan, uh, the gladiator, the hermit, the noble. There's some interesting new ones with the artisan, uh, such as the cultist, the farmer, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, we're not going to go through every single one. They feature feats such as the healer feat, tough, magic initiate for primal only, skilled, magic initiate for arcane, savage attacker, alert, uh, musician, which is a new feat, uh, skilled again, magic initiate, arcane, they, and on and on and on and on and on. And then they also have recommended equipment lists as well. Mm-hmm. This is basically, like we said, taking a lot of the features out, uh, or taking a lot of the building features out of the race option and putting it into the background, which honestly is, is like we said, is a lot of move, but makes more sense in the long run, I think. Yeah. Um, and as as build your own being the default, we saw that come out kind of in Tosh's, mm-hmm. and I think it just makes sense uh, uh, with with the with how many people want to play their own way and want certain things. Yeah. I would insist that they include the sample ones in the player's handbook for new players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's great that first level feats are now just to the default. Yes, that's that's something the community has been asking for for a long time because previously in the 2014 raw uh, rules as written, you get one at, you get one if you instead of choosing an ability score increase. Um, and there are a lot of cool feats, and they give a lot of customization to. Uh, a character. Yeah. Uh, next, the next major section is the starting languages. This is the strangest section. It's also the shortest section. Um, it seems like all of the standard and rare languages are still there. Uh, you can now choose to have Druidic and Thieves Cant instead of having to be provided it from your class. And they added common sign language. Neat. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Speaking of neat, the next part is the feet, if you will. That's pretty neat. That is pretty neat indeed. They explain the uh, different parts of every feat that are going to be included. They all now have a level requirement. Uh, All of the ones presented in this Unearthed Arcana are first level feats. 
to take the feat, you have to meet or exceed the feat's level. So it, we're happy about first-level feats. Mm-hmm. There may no longer be a first-level sharpshooter or a first-level crossbow expert yeah. or any of the other popular options. We'll definitely have to see as playtests continue to come out where they're, where they're thinking they want to put them because those, those options are, are, are vastly useful mm-hmm. and a lot of people love to take them at first level. I know you and I each have a character that has first level oh, either yeah. great weapon master or sharpshooter. First level great weapon master was absolutely my go-to, and I've got a ranger that's taking first level piercer. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been sharpshooter, but I got 19 on my dexterity, so I was like, well, I might as well just get that up now. <laughs> um, they all have prerequisite, or they list prerequisite and repeatable. Not all of them have a prerequisite other than the level, and not all of them are repeatable. In the player's handbook, it was you had to read through each of the feats to see if you could take it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just right there on top. All right. Now. Now. Do we want to go through one by one or highlight? Um, I th- let's go. Let's let's, let's go, just go through. Go through them. Let's just go through them. We're only we're only half hour in. All right. Fuck it. Fuck it. Alert. No prerequisite. Not repeatable. You gain proficiency to initiative rolls. So you can add your proficiency bonus to your initiative. Also, you gain the ability initiative swap. Immediately after you roll initiative, you can swap your initiative with the initiative of a willing ally in the same combat. You can't make this swap if you or the ally you are choosing is incapacitated. That is fascinating. That's an interesting one. Um, you can, you can, by default, you're going to have a very high initiative. Uh, especially if you take the alert feat and you are a ranger or a dexterity fighter or a rogue mm-hmm. where you're going to have a naturally high dexterity in the first place. And certain subclasses also grant bonuses to your initiative as well. Now, the interesting thing here is, say you have a powerful blaster mage, a sorcerer, or maybe a cleric that wants to set up a powerful spell right at the beginning and they roll a three in their initiative. You can now... Put them up first to make sure they set up whatever major thing they need to set up. That is a very interesting combat mechanic, and it encourages team play, mm-hmm. and it benefits yourself. So I'm all for it. Yeah. That's a great change to the old alert feat. Right. Next up, we have Crafter. Uh, no pre- First level, no prerequisite, not repeatable. Um, you gain a tool proficiency with three different artisan tools of your choice. Whenever you're buying a non-magical item, you receive a 20% discount on it. And when you craft an item using a tool that you are proficient in, the required crafting time is reduced by 20%. This feat I find interesting simply because it implies new mechanics in the PHB that we didn't normally get, that we got supplemented in Xanathar's with crafting. And, I mean, now we have to do more math when shopping. Yeah, it's one, it's an interesting choice because there it's a very small section in Xanathar's too. It's a couple of tables and a couple of just a few paragraphs of description for each buying, selling, and crafting. Mm-hmm. Um, so this would definitely be a feat that if you really, really want to have a campaign where you're going to be building, go for it. Otherwise, I can see a lot of people passing this one over. I, for now, I, w- I would really like an Unearthed Arcana where we can delve into the what these tools are going to be used for a made a main mainline system for crafting and they made a point to add tool proficiencies as one of the default background options so what are we going to use them for it's clear that they're pushing it next up the healer feat no prerequisite not repeatable 
Battle Medic. If you have a healer's kit, you can expend one use of it and tend to a creature within five feet of you as an action. That creature can expend one of its hit dice. Hallelujah! <laughs> and then you roll that die. The creature regains a number of hit points equal to the roll plus your proficiency bonus. You also get healing rerolls when you roll a die to determine the number of hit points you restore with a spell or with this feat's Battle Medic benefit. You can re-roll the die if it rolls a one, but you must use the new roll. The healer feat now benefits clerics. Yeah. And we're using hit die. We're using hit. We're ladies, using ladies and hit. gentlemen, we got them. <laughs> They're using hit die now. Hit die for something other than short rest healing. I'm all in favor. All fact, in favor, say aye. 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 In fact, Very we have a whole supplement. If you want to go check it out on our drive through RPG. Yes. Also, if you want to enter in to get a, a chance to win a free copy... Go check out the link in our link tree in our bio. It's the top one. Our good friend Papa Lycan, uh, one of his friends, is going through a rough time, and they have a uh, they have a GoFundMe set up to support him and his daughter. We'll get more into that at the end, mm-hmm. some details. But you can go and if you donate to them, take a screenshot of your donation confirmation email and you fill out our little Google form that's in our bio, you get a chance to win one of a plethora of prizes from various D&D content creators and everyone will receive a free copy of the Blood Magic and Hemocraft supplement that we released earlier this year. So be sure to check that out. Uh, If you're watching it live, wait till we're done. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Next up is the lucky feat. Uh, No prerequisite, not repeatable. Uh, you gain a number of luck points equal to your proficiency bonus, and you can spend those on the following things, um, and you get them back on long rest. Uh, first off, advantage. When you do a d20 test, you can spend a luck point to give yourself advantage. When another creature does a d20 test, d20 test, you can give them a luck point to impose disadvantage. Now, Sam, hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to be a nudge here. But it's when a creature uh, rolls an attack roll. It's that attack is roll specific. specific for the disadvantage one. Interesting that you can't impose... I'm sure they didn't want to impose disadvantage on saving throws was the big thing. Hmm. Um, I think that's fine. Interesting that it grants you advantage or grants someone disadvantage. So this doesn't stack with already established advantage and disadvantage. Yes, because the current one, you just get to roll an additional d20 when you do one of those things. Essentially, it gives you super advantage or imposes super disadvantage, as it is colloquially called. Mm-hmm. Same with a uh, feat like Elven Accuracy, yes. for example. Yes. I think they toned Lucky down a little bit here, but it is still just as useful and much more reasonable. I think Lucky is now a feat that won't be banned at a bunch of tables. Yeah. I think that's great. Next up, Magic Initiate. No prerequisite. You can take it multiple times, but you have to choose a different spell list each time you take it. There are three spell lists, the arcane spell list, so the divine spell list, and the primal spell list. You pick one, and you get two cantrips of your choice from that spell list, as well as a first-level spell from that spell list. You always have that spell prepared. You can cast it once without a spell slot and regain the the ability to cast it in that way when you finish a long rest. You can also cast it using any spell slots you have. Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma is your spellcasting modifier. When you choose the feat, whenever you gain a new level, you can replace... One of the spells you chose with this feat with a different spell up the same level from the chosen spell list. Mm-hmm. It is Magic Initiate. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Next up is Musician. Uh, this one's a new one. No prerequisite. Not repeatable. You gain proficiency in three musical instruments of your choice. And when, as you finish a short rest or a long rest, you can play a song on a musical instrument 
which you have proficiency in, and give inspiration to allies who hear that song. The number of allies you can affect in this way is equal to your proficiency bonus. So a different inspiring leader. Is if ins- inspiring leader is not included in the Sun Earth Arcana. If inspiring leader is a say fourth level minimum feat in the player in the new player's handbook and you got both of these feats, um free inspiration for everyone and free temporary hit points for everyone every time you take a rest is tops. Yeah. And with inspiration how it works now, you're going to be getting it a lot more and you're going to be encouraged to use it every single time you play. Yes. So all good. Savage Attacker. No prerequisite, not repeatable. When you take the attack action and you hit a target with a weapon as part of that action, you can roll the weapon's damage dice twice and use either roll against the target. You can use this benefit only once per turn. Once per turn, you get advantage on damage Mm -hmm. rolls, which is a little bit different, but I'm all in favor. Yeah. Next up is Skilled. Uh, Not uh, no, No prerequisite, but it is repeatable. And you can choose three skills, which you lack proficiency in, and gain proficiency in those skills. Same thing as the current. And totally fine. I think it's a great first level feat. Absolutely. In a background. The Tavern Brawler feat, one of the feats that I think had the most changes to it, and it now kind of rocks. Prerequisite none. Repeatable none. Not. No. Not repeatable. No. Enhanced unarmed strike. When you hit with an unarmed strike and choose to deal damage... Unarmed strikes are different now. You can deal bludgeoning damage equal to 1d4 plus your strength modifier instead of the normal damage of an unarmed strike. Whenever you roll a damage die for your unarmed strike, you can re-roll that die if it rolls a 1, but you must use the new roll. Shove. When you hit a creature with an unarmed strike as part of the attack action on your turn, you can deal damage to the target and also push them 5 feet away. You can use this benefit only once per turn. Furniture is weapons. (laughs) You can wield furniture as a weapon using the rules of the Great Club for small or medium furniture and the rules for the club for tiny furniture. (laughs) Very simplified for the furniture using part, and I think that's hilarious. Um, Tavern Brawler is now really good for monks. Yes. Rerolling damage die if they roll a one, and then being able to move people when you punch them, that's a great... Tough. Tavern Brawler was one of those that we were not big fans of in in the 2014 handbook. Um, so this this gives a lot, and especially that shove, because usually shove is instead of your instead of one of your attacks, you can try to shove them. But this one says in addition, in addition to, to doing damage. Now it is you can't knock them prone. No, you can only move them around. But that's still great. And I love the image of, like, the tavern brawler that does, like, a sick right hook, and then they stumble five feet to their right, you know? Yeah. Uh, this is awesome. I, like, really, really dig this feat. We were, we were, what, those were that was one of the ones where, like, man, if maybe we'll do a, maybe we'll do a little homebrew to, to redo that. Uh, no need no now. Need. No need. It's good. And, and finally, we have the tough feat. No prerequisite. Not repeatable. Your hit point maximum increases by an amount equal to twice your character level when you gain this feat. Whenever you gain another level thereafter, your hit point maximum increases by an additional two hit points. That's tough. It's the same as before, and it's still great. Built for tough. Built fjord tough. Now we get to the rule glossary. This is, there's a lot of things that are asterisked throughout the previous sections and some of the following sections, and this is basically a description of all of them. Uh, we're just going to go through... We're going to just quickly breeze through a lot of these, but we'll get into the 
important ones. Arcane spells are arcane... An arcane spell draws from the ambient magic of the multiverse is for bards, sorcerers, warlocks, wizards, and artificers. The arcane spell list is one of the three spell lists. Artisan's Tools is a category of tool proficiency that you can gain. In the 2014 Player's Handbook, there's a list of the artisan tools. Ignore the prices there. They now only cost 15 gold apiece. Mm Mm-hmm. Tools across the board are cheaper compared to their Player's Handbook 2014 counterparts. They want you to use your tools, as we said before. Watch yes. see how. Creature type, it lists the creature types. Aberration, Beast, Celestial, Construct, Dragon, Elemental, Fey, Fiend, Giant, Humanoid, Monstrosity, Ooze, Plant, and Undead. Uh, they don't really have any special rules for themselves unless specifically noted, such as Cure Wounds specifies that the spell doesn't affect a construct. One of the big rule changes that has caused a lot of controversy... A lot of controversy. ...is the D20 test. The term D20 test, as we mentioned previously, encompasses the three main D20 roles of the game. Ability checks, attack rolls, and saving throws. If something in the game affects D20 tests, it affects all three. The DM determines when a D20 test is warranted in any given circumstance... To be warranted, a D20 test must have a target number no less than 5 and no greater than 30. Rolling a 1 on a D20 during a D20 test will automatically fail regardless of modifiers. Which is a change from the current way where it only is that way during attack rolls. The antithesis of that, rolling a 20 on a d20 test is an automatic success regardless of the modifiers. Same with, as the same thing, only on attack rolls in the 2014 handbook. A natural 20 also grants inspiration anytime you roll a natural 20. It does not bypass limitations on the test such as range and line of sight. It only bypasses bonuses and penalties to the roll. And finally, the big one, Mm. critical hits. Yep. Weapons and unarmed strikes for player characters only can score a critical hit on a natural 20 of an attack roll. It deals extra damage to the target. You roll the damage dice of the weapon or unarmed strike a second time and add the second roll as extra damage. For example, a mace deals bludgeoning damage equal to 1d6 plus your strength modifier. If you score a critical hit with a mace, it instead deals 2d6 plus your strength modifier. If your weapon or unarmed strike has no damage dice, it deals no extra damage. This is big. Mm -hmm. It does not include spells. It does not include NPCs. It does not include monsters that you summon. It does not include monsters that you are fighting. It only includes weapon attacks and unarmed strikes. Unarmed strikes of those that have a damage die to their unarmed strike. So a monk and someone with tavern brawler. Mm -hmm. Also, by this wording, a paladin's divine smite dice are not doubled. A rogue's sneak attack dice are not doubled. Battlemaster maneuvers, any dice that are going to be thrown at you from a different source, freaking holy weapon, you're not doubling those dice. It is specifically only the damage dice of a weapon, which suddenly now magic weapons that have additional damage dice associated with them, either they're all getting doubled or now it's going to be like a weird, like, well, the weapon's dealing 1d6 and then the enchantment and the magic is dealing this, so Mm -hmm. you wouldn't double that. I don't know why they chose to do this. Yeah, this this really affects all the it affects the flow of combat. 
we we've been we've been you know observing TikTok, the D and D community on TikTok and Reddit and Twitter and Instagram and and YouTube for a long time now, and there are so many homebrew methods that talk about increasing what a critical hit does. Whether the way we use it, which is um, when you roll a crit, first you get a maximum on your damage die, and then you roll a damage die on yeah. top of that. Secondary, so that makes that that takes away the cool factor. Secondarily, um, it, it really like opens dam- or, uh, combats up to being more of a slog, more yeah. of oh that gosh, yeah. that just back and forth. I'm doing just a little bit of damage every turn, back and forth, until mm. somebody dies after three hours. Yeah. What I see in my mind right now, I see a fighter with their, their sword and board, long, long sword and shield. They score a critical hit. They roll a one and a two, and they dealt eight damage. Mm-hmm. That sucks. And I see the wizard in the back line rolling a natural 20 on their 4d10 firebolt and dealing 4d10 fire damage. I don't see why they chose to do this. The critical hit was, as you said, something the community has been trying to buff via homebrew to avoid the ones and twos on damage dice. Mm -hmm. People love rolling a natural 20 as a paladin and then dumping a fourth level smite into that. Yeah. That is that picking up fucking 20 D8s and just boom. And then that's that's what the paladin does. That's what the rogue does. We, if you look at at at, at uh, live play games, actual play games, Critical Role, uh, Dimension Twenty, any of them, when somebody rolls a natural twenty, that is the biggest moment at the table oh that I, everybody erupts. Natural twenty. And as now, they say. as they say, and now it's going to be like, all right, again, instead of doing one d six, I do two d six. Yep. There's no way to buff that. It. I don't see what they were thinking with this, because yep. obviously power creep is a thing. And there has been complaints that it is there has been a power creep. Mm-hmm. There's never been a complaint that the critical hit... Well, I'm not going to say never. There's not a wide complaint that there's anything wrong with the critical hit. If anything, they think it could be buffed. I think they need to go back to the drawing board with that. And as a note, with the rolling a natural 1 and rolling a natural 20, there's going to be a lot of annoyed rogues out there that have a plus 12 to their stealth, and the DC was 10, and they rolled a natural 1. And yeah. now can't stealth past a guy with his pig. You'd like <laughs> <laughs> just a commoner and his fucking livestock man are now seeing the fucking level twenty trained assassin because he happened to step on a branch. Like there's certain things I think like rolling a natural one on an attack roll and that being an automatic miss, I get that. Rolling a natural one when the DC is already so low that, like, rolling a die in a situation where the modifiers make it you can't really fail shouldn't just have a 5% chance of failing. Yeah. And by the, and by the antithesis, something that, like, you can only achieve with a natural 20, you probably shouldn't be rolling for it in the first place. You know? I... I'm... I'm more okay with them because in many ways I kind of follow that rule of thumb as well if I haven't like set a specific DC in mind or something randomly that comes up but there are a lot of people that don't like that I think I think part of it might just come down to wording where 
maybe you know, there are a lot of other systems out there that say if you if you roll this number, you know, the lowest number, um, it's a catastrophic failure. Yeah. Or if you roll the highest number, it's the best possible outcome. I think if they put those types of language in there, maybe not maybe not the the catastrophic failure on the one, but on the twenty, it's being it your best as, possible outcome. Gives you your best. Like a natural twenty is a representation of your best possible effort at doing whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. That mean that might mean. You have no chance of ever doing it. And a natural one is the worst possible outcome you could possibly have while doing this. And that might not mean that you can't do it. Right. Like, you might be able to do it, but you hurt yourself in the process. Yeah. Or you can't do it, but you don't throw out your back. Exactly. You're going to pick up a cardboard box, pick up your cat to pet it, and you bend over too quickly and you pull a muscle in your back. You're able to pick the pet cat up, but you fucking hurt now. Yeah. You know, like, that's a natural one on picking up a cat. I I think rewording the natural 20 and the natural ones thing and go back to the fucking drawing board with critical hits. Go back to the original critical hit and find a way to make that more engaging. The only thing I could think that they might be doing with the critical hit is now every class is going to have its own special critical hit thing. But my own, But my issue would be why not include the critical hit change with all those changes, you know? Yeah. Why you present it here in such a way that makes it look so bad? When it's isolated. Yes. And uh, the one one positive thing, I like the term D20 test as just an all-encompassing thing. Yes. And I like that rolling a natural 20 gives you inspiration. Yeah. Because I like the new inspiration mechanic. Uh, we'll move on now. Yes. Divine spells are available to clerics and paladins, and they have a specific spell list of the divine spell list. Gaming sets, same as before, you can gain a tool proficiency in it in the 2014 player's handbooks. Uh, you have a list of them, but you ignore the prices there. They are now all one gold piece. The grappled condition has changed. Your speed is zero, and it cannot change when you are grappled. You have disadvantage on attack rolls against any target other than the grappler. The grappler can drag or carry you, but the grappler suffers from the slowed condition, which we'll get to in a minute, unless you are tiny or two sizes smaller than the grappler. And while grappled, you can make a dexterity or strength saving throw against the grapple's escape DC at the end of each of your turns, ending the condition on yourself on a success. The condition also ends if the grappler is incapacitated or if someone moves you outside the grapple's range without using your speed. This is a very much more streamlined version of grapple. And it makes it a bit more useful. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 Previously, it was just your speed is now zero. Um, adding the extra the extra disadvantage or how it affects your attack rolls um, is much more thematic. Um, the movability hasn't changed technically, and the escape is, again, just more streamlined. Yeah. Uh, next is the incapacitated condition. Previously, it was only you cannot take actions and reactions. Now they specify you can't take actions or reactions, you lose your concentration, you can't speak, and you have disadvantage on your initiative roll. Which are kind of things that we all just sort of intuitively knew. Mm-hmm. Um, some DMs may have ruled differently. Some rules lawyers may have been able to squeak out of it. But now that's just specificity in the wording. Uh, inspiration. You can expend a use of inspiration to give yourself advantage on a D20 test. You must decide to do so before rolling the die. You gain inspiration by rolling a natural 20 on a, D, on a D20 test. The DM can also award inspiration for a character who has done something that is particularly heroic or amusing. Or as we've seen, the musician feat, for example, can grant everybody one. The human gets one for free at the, every time they finish a rest. I'm sure we'll see a lot more of that. 
only one at a time. You can never have more than one instance of inspiration. If something grants you inspiration and you already have it, you can give inspiration to a player character in your group who lacks it. And then you lose inspiration if you did not use it when you start a long rest. Inspiration is going to be a more important mechanic now. They're definitely they're definitely going out of their way to find different ways to give you to give the player better chances of success, be it inspiration, be it all these ways to get inspiration or being like the way they change lucky up and, yeah. and things like that. Next, the long rest. You must spend eight hours of resting time during which a creature sleeps for at least six and performs no more than two hours of light activity, such as reading, talking, eating, or standing watch. You regain all lost hit points. You regain half of your hit dice, up to half of your hit dice. Cannot benefit from more than one long rest in a 24-hour period, and you must have one hit point at the start of the rest to gain its benefits. If a long rest is interrupted by combat or by one hour of walking, casting spells, or similar activity, the rest confers no benefit and must be restarted. However, if the rest was at least one hour long before the interruption, the creature gains the benefits of a short rest. Just some more specificity in the wording Mm -hmm. of long rest. Musical instruments, just like before, it's something you can gain proficiency in. There are a list of them in the player's handbook from 2014, but you ignore the prices there. They are all 20 gold. Primal spells are for druids and rangers. There is a partial list of primal spells under the primal spell list section later. The slowed condition. This is one of my actually favorite uh, uh, things that they've added. I love it. Yeah. There's a lot of spells and effects that have had that do similar things, but now there's just an all-encompassing condition for it. You'll notice a lot of things, they're changing wording and they're adding things that just make the designing process and wording of features and spells a lot easier. The slowed condition, you must spend one extra foot of movement for every foot that you move using your speed, so half movement. Mm-hmm. Attack rolls against you have advantage, and you have disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. I like that condition. That is a fun condition to play with. Yeah. Oh, and, and beforehand we saw that you know, the, slowed, the slow spell was one of those that was very punishing but other than that there wasn't really there was a lot of throwing around some some uh, half movement some limited movement there was some things that attacked but just yeah having this one condition that i'm sure we'll see spells and effects um Mm -hmm. and cold weapons start to do yeah absolutely tool proficiency this is an interesting one actually if you have proficiency with a tool You can add your proficiency bonus to any ability check you make that uses that tool. If you have proficiency in the skill that's used with that check, you have advantage on the check as well. This functionality means you can benefit from both a skill proficiency and a tool proficiency on the same ability check. Mm. That is fascinating. Now, a rogue is going to be really good at picking locks and really good at finding traps. Unless they roll a one. Unless they roll a one, and then they fail. Which is kind of dumb, but... <laughs> I think that's a fascinating change, and it makes tool proficiencies useful. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Tremor Sense. A creature with Tremor Sense can pinpoint the location of creatures and moving objects within a specific range, provided that the creature with Tremor Sense and anything it's detecting are both in contact with the same surface, such as the ground, a wall, or a ceiling, or in the same liquid. Tremor Sense can't detect creatures or objects in the air, and Tremor Sense doesn't count as a form of sight anymore. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't count for, oh, you're there in total darkness? You still can't hit them with a spell, technically. Yes. Because you can't see. Um, it's cool. It's something that a lot of uh, that player characters really didn't have access to in the 2014 edition. Now all dwarves do. Now all dwarves do. 
And finally, the unarmed strike, another one of my favorite changes. Your bonus to hit with an unarmed strike is equal to your strength modifier plus your proficiency bonus. On a hit, your unarmed strike causes one of the following effects of your choice. Damage. The target takes bludgeoning damage equal to one plus your strength modifier. Grapple. The target is grappled and the grapple's escape DC equals eight plus your strength plus your proficiency. This grapple is possible only if the target is no more than one size larger than you and if you have a free hand to grab the target. And then finally, shove. You either push the target five feet away or knock the target prone. This shove is possible only if the target is no more than one size larger than you. So now, the meme of, what's the rules for grappling? What's the rules for grappling? It is now the same as unarmed strikes and shoves. Yep. It's all streamlined in one, and now Tavern Brawler is even fucking better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. (laughs) Love it. And then the final section of this unearthed archon. Do you have anything to say? Uh, just two shout outs in the, uh, in the, in the chat. Uh, there are some questions, which we'll get to at the end. They're great discussion questions. Uh, uh, Papa Lycan jumped in and said, Hi, Papa. Click clank. Here comes the tank, baby. And then, of course, the lovely Nat Forbes sent oh, us a rose in the chat. Hello. Thank you, Natalie. Lovely to see you. Indeed. All right. Uh, moving on to the spell lists. The final list. The final thing are the spell lists. As we alluded to, there's the Arcane Spell List, the Divine Spell List, and the Primal Spell List. The Arcane Spell List includes all of the spells that were available to bards, sorcerers, wizards, warlocks, and artificers. Artificers, whatever you want to fucking call them. Save one that we've noted. We'll get to that in a moment. The Divine Spell List, same for paladins and clerics. The Primal Spell List, same for rangers and druids. The one notable exception is Eldritch Blast. Yes. That is not included in the Arcane Spell Cantrip list. It's not included in any of these lists. Eldritch Blast seems to be one of the few spells that will be class-specific to the Warlock. Notably, other class-specific spells, such as Vicious Mockery, are now available to all Arcane casters. Hex, Armor of Agathus, Hunter's Mark, are now available to other classes more freely. The Smite Smells... Smite Smells? The Smite Smells! Those Smite Smells! The Smite Spells, (laughs) Searing Smite, Thunderous Smite, Wrathful Smite, are now available to clerics as well. Some interesting changes. Yeah. This is also passively implying that paladins and rangers will just naturally have access to cantrips now. Well. Yeah, yeah, we did see that change in the Toshes. Uh, they gave more options for a, as a fighting as style. A, as a fighting style, you could take as a ranger, you could take druid cantrips, and as a fighting style, paladins could take um, cleric cantrips. I have a feeling that as a paladin, mm-hmm. I got a feeling that you're going to have the option to take. Like they're going to give you thaumaturgy, and then you get to pick another cantrip. And then for the the ranger, you get druid captain, and you get to pick another cantrip. And it'll definitely be interesting to see, like, oh, the Oath of Ancients Paladin, who uh, typically gets who gets access to certain spells on the um, on the what is now the Primal list. Uh, seeing things like that uh, subclasses, how they're going to do that with, oh, do you just get to choose now at this level? You just choose two first level spells um, from this class that you can add to your yeah. spell list. Something like the Bard's uh, lore. What's the Bard's? The lore Bard. Ma- no, the the magical secrets. That's the one. That's yes. the one. I like the consolidation of the spell lists. It makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm. So much easier. It's a bit it, it it's a bit strange seeing Hex and Armor of Agathus and Hunter's Mark and the Smite spells of Vicious Mockery available to anyone within those spell lists. That's a bit strange. 
But at the same time, those are the kind of spells that people were gravitating towards anyway to try and find a way around with Magic Initiate and such. Yeah, that's true. It's so true. I'm kind of all right with it. Yeah. It's going to be a bit weird, but I'm, I'm willing to get over it if, if the community is. Now I'm going to do a quick run through of the rest of the D&D things. That is the entirety of the Unearthed Arcana. Well, yeah, that is it. Uh, again, September 1st is when the spe- is when the survey opens up. If you have some strong feelings about it, go and fill out that survey. Help them help us. Yes, particularly with this Unearthed Arcana and the future ones pertaining to this next edition, even though they're moving away from editions, this next edition of D&D. Because mm-hmm. they kind of nailed it pretty well with fifth edition and now they're just trying to tweak some things and a lot of these tweaks are good not all of them are good yep in my mind yep we're gonna go tell them what we think absolutely which is this podcast yep (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna go quick run through of the rest of the things dragonlance book and board game are coming dragonlance shadow of the dragon queen which is it is it the setting or is it the adventure or is it like a setting adventure like strixhaven stay tuned to find out and then as well the board game Dragonlance Warriors of Kryn. They do note that the Warriors of Kryn board game can be used in place of certain scenarios in Shadow of the Dragon Queen. But is not not necessary to run the module. I think that's cool. It's kind of similar to how we want to use Armada for ship combat. Yeah. I think that's cool. Uh, Pre-orders are available for that now. New D&D book announcements. We now know what they have planned for 2023. At the beginning of 2023 in winter, you have Keys from the Golden Vault. This is an anthology of adventures surrounding heists. Mm-hmm. Fun. Love an anthology. Love a heist. Love heisting it up. Yep. In spring of 2023, there's going to be Bigby Presents Glory of Giants. If you remember the Giants unearthed Arcana recently. We were, we were trying to predict what that was going to, and uh, yeah, we're going to have a whole uh, whole book about it. Bigby, of course. Bigby's hand. Bigby's hand. Um, going to be all the player options and similar stuff from that Unearthed Arcana. Probably a lot of lore on giants, a lot of new unique giants. I hope they delve into like some interesting things like using oversized weaponry and armor yeah. and other stuff. I think that would be fascinating. Uh, next, in summer of 2023, the classic Lost Minds of Fandelver is being expanded into a full campaign book that is untitled thus far. They simply call it Fandelver Campaign. As a note, you can go get uh, that for uh, the Lost Minds of Fandelver Star Adventure for free on D&D Beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of summer 2023, the Book of Many Things uses inspiration from the iconic Deck of Many Things magical item to explore new player and dungeon master options. So maybe the last core rule enhancement to 5th edition a la Xanathar's and Tasha's. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Chaos will reign. And then finally, in the fall of 2023, Planescape, where you can explore the city of Sigil and the multiverse beyond. Spelljammers, as we, re- as we uh, talked about earlier, Spelljammers Adventures in Space is out now. It was released on August 16th. Be sure to check Amazon. It is $42.99 as of the recording of this for all three of the books, which is great. It includes a setting book, adventure module, a new monster manual, as well as a DM screen and a lovely map that you can put up on your wall. And if you have more money than we do, feel free to uh, support your local game store. The famous drow, Dridst O'Dern, is turning 35 in 2023. All of the ebook and audiobook versions of R.A. Salvatore's Legends of Dridst series is receiving a 35th anniversary special cover. 
A new visual dictionary called The Legend of Dritz is going to come out that has visual aids for many of his popular stories, as well as a new family webcomic on Webtoon that follows Dritz's daughter, Bree, seeking to prove her worth as a hero, written by Purpa, with the guidance from R.A. Salvatore. If you are a Dritz fan, congratulations. He's 35. He's probably going through a midlife crisis. But he's a drow, so maybe... Maybe, just a, maybe like eighth getting life ready, crisis? Getting, getting ready to go to high school? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, <sighs> great love D&D expanded in the world. It's going to Japan. It There's is. now a Japanese website, YouTube channel, and Twitter account for all things D&D, as well as a brand spanking new <laughs> anime style trailer. A live action anime style D&D trailer it is awesome go go check it out go watch that's it. all we can tell you and that is everything that they talked about in D. yes now now we're going to run through magic the gathering we we have be- recently become fledgling magic the gathering people yes and so we have decided to include this yes. very important thing to the hobby they showed off a lot of awesome art cards a lot of preview at new cards that are going to be released watch the full show for that we're going to go through the major releases here all right the next released is dominaria united pre-releasing on september 2nd through the 8th a worldwide release on september 9th magic the gathering arena and magic the gathering online on september 1st following that or do you want to I'll run through it. You've been talking for a while. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, next up, Brothers of War is in pre, uh, pre-releases in November 11th through the 17th, and the launch party is November 18th through 20th. Planeswalkers will travel to Dominaria's past for one of its key historical moments. This set contains uh, more Magic 30th anniversary promo cards, available while supplies last, uh, at uh, WPN uh, Game Store pre-release events. And uh, more info will be coming uh, at the end of September, September 29th and 30th. Magic the Gathering in 2023, that we have an outline and titles for the Magic Gathering releases for the following quarters of 2023. In quarter one, Phyrexia, all will be one, continuing the, the story from Dominaria. Concluding the story arc that started with Dominaria United in quarter two, we have March of the Machine. In quarter three, we are returning to Eldraine with Wilds of Eldraine. And then in quarter four, the Lost Caverns of Ixalan, another return to that plane of existence. After that, we have the Dominaria Remastered, which will release in early 2023, which is a mix of familiar and nostalgic cards from magic sets of the past to represent Dominaria's history back from the earliest sets to the modern day. Then finally, the Universe Beyond sets. We have a couple here. Connor's going broke. Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth is going to release in mid-year of 2023. Warhammer 40k Commander decks are going to start releasing on October 7th with a full Warhammer Universes Beyond set later to be announced. Three Secret Lair Warhammer releases are coming later this? I haven't written it this year. I believe it's this year, yeah. I believe it is this year. I think they last we checked they had unannounced dates. Yes. Uh, Secret Lair Cross Warhammer 40k Orcs, Secret Lair Cross Warhammer Age of Sigmar, and Secret Lair Cross Blood Bowl, and finally, the Doctor Who set, going to release in 2023. It'll include four Commander decks, special card treatments, collector boosters, and a Secret Lair release as well. I'm going to lose all my money to Lord of the Rings cards. And I'll probably spend a lot on the Doctor Who series. Oh boy. Oh boy. Are those even legal? Uh, well, I if they're com- legal in Commander. They're coming out with Commander. It'll depend. Uh, I mean, if, if it'll depend when they come out, they'll, they'll say if they're legal or not. I guess. 
As long as they don't have silver uh, silver borders. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, we blew through that. We are in, by the time this is trimmed down a little bit, probably about an hour 11. We fucking ripped through that bitch. I'm proud of us. We got other things to do tonight, man. That's all, that's all, yeah, we got, we, got another, we got another podcast to record tonight with Professor D&D. Yes. Which, as of the release of this podcast on podcast services around the globe, will be available in one week's time. Which would be 24 plus 7, the 30th. Nope. Sorry. 30, 31st August. is when this episode releases. Yes. 31st of August. And then September 7th is when we will release our podcast with Professor D&D. We're talking about his homebrew. Uh, he released some interesting homebrew classes. Yes. Marshall-based classes. Always fun. Always fun. Uh, you'll be able to see the full version of that on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, Microwave Ovens all of the podcast services around the globe. You can also follow us on TikTok, where over 20,000 of you already do follow us, mm-hmm. and more every day, it seems. More every day. I don't know why. Uh, interesting thing about the TikTok, um, apparently we're NPCs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, man. They, <laughs> our, our audience, oof. man. They did, they, there's, uh, to be fair, to be fair. To we, be fair. We, we released a couple of videos of the trend, like, hey, based on my outfit, what D&D class am I? And I think we only had one each, but there were like people were like, oh, bard, fighter, druid, all, all this kind of stuff. And then I think it might have been the same guy on both was NPC. And I'm like, yo, why do you hurt us like this? <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I really like, uh, oh, I can't remember who, I think it was one of our friends who on mine said Paladin Oath of Throwing It Back. Oh, yes. I was a fan of that one. The, uh, yes, the Oath of Throwing It Back, of course, introduced by One Shot Quester. Of course. Of course. You can catch all of our antics on the TikTok, as well as the YouTube, mm-hmm. where we're, tra- we're going to... We're I gonna- want to put that out there. We're going we're gonna to promise, promise the... Uh, more releases on YouTube. More releases on YouTube. We've got, I've got, I, we've got plans. We've got plans. We've got, we just got to execute. We just got to execute in a, in a timely fashion. Uh, you can also go to DriveThruRPG to download our various free homebrew supplements that we release every single month, as well as our $4.99 Blood Magic supplement that has been out for a while. Next month, we are doing a, a sort of a, a free addition to the Blood Magic supplement. We're creating a new subclass using some of our Blood Magic supplement ideas and features, and it's called the Marrow Knight, a subclass for the fighter that I'm very excited for. If you want a copy of the uh, Hemocraft and Blood Magic supplement, um, on a more serious note, Go to our link tree right now. The top link is going to be a Google form that you can fill out. Uh, our dear friend and fellow creator on TikTok, Papa Lichen, one of his good friends, Steve Cass, um, his wife was pregnant and gave birth to their beautiful daughter, Aurora. Uh, sadly, his wife, Amber, passed away while giving birth. Uh, they had not been together. They had not even been together a year yet. They had not celebrated their, their first yeah. anniversary. Um I don't know who, but one of them already had a son uh, that they brought into the relationship. So now a single father raising two young children, one of them a newborn. Uh, they have a GoFundMe up, and they have blown past every goal that they have set so far, thanks to the lovely D&D TikTok community. Mm-hmm. And uh, ourselves, along with creators such as Roleplaying Degenerates, Dungeon Mistress Paula, uh, uh, Mr. Dandy DM. Mr. Dandy DM. Uh, sheep, sheep go to hello. Be- Bearded inspiration. So many amazing creators. We are offering up a raffle. Uh, to enter, you simply need to give us your name, your email, and uh, 
a upload a screenshot that shows a confirmation of com, uh, of donating to either the GoFundMe. They have an Amazon wish list as well, and they have a PO box set up. So in any way you want to contribute to assist uh, Steve Aurora, Steve and Aurora, please do. And you'll be entered into a ch- for a chance to win one of the amazing prizes. There's miniatures. There's custom art. Mr. Dandy DM is going to run a one-shot for four people that win it. Um, there, so much stuff. And every single person that wins, and probably a couple extra winners, yeah. are going to win a copy of our uh, homebrew Hemocraft and Blood Magic supplement. Uh, there's going to be a live stream. We are not 100% sure on whose channel. We believe it's going to be the Roleplaying Degenerates TikTok channel. Uh, one of us or both of us will be co-hosting it with them, and uh, that is... that'll be on September 2nd, yep. Friday, September 2nd. Uh, specific time is TBD. As of the release of this podcast, that is in two days. Get on that. If you're watching it live, get on it. Put it, it on is, calendars. It is a great cause. If you want to learn more, go to Papa Lycan's TikTok page. He's got several videos talking about it and giving updates. And it, it, it We lift each other up. That that's what we want to do. We want to make sure this community is as good as it can be and continues to be as good as it already is. Papa Lycan is a class act. He is a and d TikToker who is much larger than a lot of us, and he has done everything he can to uplift and support all of us. Every thousand followers he gets, he tries to support as many D&D creators as he possibly can by turning them into monster stat blocks. <laughs> yes. he, it's great and amazing, and we want to give back to him. It's something that we feel very strongly about. I know myself, uh, a little personal note here, when I graduated college at the age of 22 in 2017, um, I graduated in May, and by August of that same year, my mother passed away. Uh, I've been without her since 2017. So the idea of having uh, to raise a child and a child having to grow up without a mother hits me very hard. So, yeah. Donate your money, you fucking <laughs> assholes. <laughs> give, give them money and shower them with gifts and make Aurora's life start out as best as it can given the situation. With that being said, Sam, do we have any? You can you can write into the show uh, every week by asking uh, any questions, putting any comments you got, any concerns, thoughts, and or ideas. Uh, the best way to do that is in our Discord server, where like almost two hundred of you already exist. And because we did this very quickly and didn't plan for it quite properly, uh, didn't get a chance to put out the request for questions very quickly. So there aren't any in the Discord right now, but we also have many things in the TikTok live chat as we record this live on the TikTok every time we do. Jesus Christ. Jess? Cat's over here making a mess. Uh, yeah. Before we get started on our, on our Q&A, shout out to Beardic Inspiration who popped into the chat to say hello. Of course. He's lovely. He's contributing... Uh, oh gosh, what was he? He's contributing for the raffle as well. Yep. He's a great guy. Alright, um, first off, user... Nine six nine eight one two nine five three five eight nine six. What guys? What rolls off the tongue? Right. Uh, what state you guys in? We were trying to get a D and D group together here in Georgia. We are in Kentucky. Kentucky, IA. Greater Cincinnati area. Mm-hmm. That's so all you'll get from us. We probably can't do any consistent live, you know, at the table games. Um, but At least if you, not in Georgia. Not in Georgia. But if you do hop into our Discord and want to do some virtual, uh, we don't have any going right now, but there are some people who are looking for games to run. There are some people who are looking to, for games to play in. 
hop in the, hop in there it's free it's in our link tree go check it out mm-hmm. uh, one one of our major uh, one of the major contributors in our discord DK Alexander it seems like he's always putting together a game and it's always for people that have never played D&D before and it's it's great highly recommend highly recommend um, and now uh, uh, the 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 discussion question we have um, Lord Matthew asks how do you handle PCs being unbalanced in combat? I disagree with the notion that a player character can be unbalanced. How I deal with it is one of two ways. If there's been a pattern of like steamrolling combats or steamrolling certain scenarios, a player cannot be good at everything. Mm-hmm. It is not possible unless you're just like handing out free shit left and right. And then that's your own problem that you created. Give them a Tarask and they'll sort it out. Totem of the Bear Barbarian. It's very powerful. Resists everything. They're good at dexterity saving throws. Probably not going to be very good at an intelligence saving throw or a wisdom saving throw or a charisma saving throw. And also, if they're like steamrolling a big encounter that you wanted to last a lot longer, one of my favorite things to... Thank you, Jester. One of my favorite things to do with boss monsters, if they're steamrolling it, They hit zero HP when the fight stops being fun. Like I'll track, I'll track HP, and if they are like, oh, we're half a round in, and they're like, they've got ten left. All right, well, we'll finish this round, and we'll see how everyone how everyone is is. Is it exciting? Are they still wanting to go in? Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then we'll do another round, and we'll do another round. Is this like a cool like, oh, they're beaten down, and they're like given everything they got as like a final push against this dude? All right, that's the one that did it. You can you can choose to my favorite favorite thing that I've ever learned DMing. You can choose to ignore HP and you can stop the combat when the combat isn't fun anymore. That's how I would handle an overpowered character. <laughs> yeah. Um and I, a similar vein but of course being different as I am better than him. You're not you're not different uh, different than se. you. Um, I have more hair than you on the top of my head. We probably have very similar boots. Anyway, uh, so yes, the 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 fact that um, the player being overpowered or unbalanced, the the specifically unbalanced in combat. The way I often look at combat is not across the table, is not at at DM to player or player to DM. I often I often like to think of it left to right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is everybody in the party, are they having something to contribute to that combat? Um, and and oftentimes, yeah, your barbarian, your fighter, your paladin, they're going to be the one who's going, who's going round, you know, fist blow to blow with the BBEG or whatever, your, your boss monster. But is the is the, is your ranger over there using their horde breaker to make sure that they can, that the, that the, you know, that the fighter can can not be harassed by goblins at the same time. You know, is your cleric getting a chance to uh, buff buff their their allies and then hit with the with their um, guiding bolt guiding bolt setting up an AOE? Um, yeah. So as as long as 
in my opinion, as long as everybody has something to do, the combat can be can flow however you the DM want. Yeah. If you want, if if you're finding that you just want to run it by the book, and your players are blowing through it, okay, now it's time to change. You know, maybe make your own stat blocks. Maybe just add new abilities to stat blocks. Um, maybe one thing that I I heard recently is plan for something to change when they're bloodied. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like a good one. Giving them a bonus action dash or yes. bonus action disengage. Oh yeah, like uh, we see that yeah. plenty in like the any any Souls like games, Kingdom Hearts, any video game where they oh, have yeah. a second phase mechanic. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be some grand thing. It could be, oh shit, I'm gonna die. And now my movement speed's 40 because I got a fucking... Or give them the new orc feature from the Unearthed Arcana of Adrenaline Rush. Yeah. Where now they can dash as a bonus action and they gain a little bit of temporary HP. Like, that's the kind of stuff that changes the dynamic of a battle as well. That keeps things interesting and makes the players think, even though it's not some insurmountable benefit, Mm -hmm. it changes things. Uh, Bearded Inspiration says, I always love bringing out a bunch of Wraith minions. It's fun, and uh, it's all fun in games until the con saves fail. <laughs> oh, possession. And then against Life Drain and Max HP starts dropping. Um, yeah, Wraith can drop your, your player's Max HP, and uh, that that's one of those things where it's like, every, everything is fine until that thing happens, right? There's always one little thing that's gonna that's gonna spook a player, and uh, and whether it's you know sucking away their life, whether it's devouring you know, their intellect, devouring their int- if it's you know running around suddenly more character- creatures come to the field, rusting their weapons. Yeah, remember it's it's D and D, even combat is about drama. It's not necessarily about it's 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 a game, but it's a game about drama. What what's dramatic is interesting. And we're not talking drama like a soap opera. We're not talking drama... I mean, if that's what you're into at your table, I mean, like, by all means. Like, but We're not talking drama like how Connor cries deeply when he loses at Apex. Um, <sighs> we were going to talk about that on the show. We agreed to keep that off of the air. Uh, our, but, our, our trust is broken. Good. Uh, Beardick <laughs> jumps back in and says at least in 5e they can regain that after a long rest, but it can definitely get their attention. Indeed. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, it's one of those things that every every DM has a different way of doing it, and uh, and and there are just so many good ways out there of, mm-hmm. of not necessarily rebalancing, just giving you. He's had an idea. As as we've kind of been alluding to this without saying it specifically, once you have a monster that targets something that isn't HP, mm-hmm. it becomes dangerous. A monster that targets an ability score, a monster that targets control of your character a monster that targets exhaustion a monster that targets hit dice mm-hmm. if you if you get hit by an attack you take damage and you lose a hit dice and if you have zero hit dice you're out that make note make note that's a fun monster it's a fun monster and i i've i've said this at nauseum big fan of the hit dice underused mechanic i'm excited that it seems like they're using it more <laughs> beardick says i gotta run guys just wanted to say hey you two keep ro- uh you two rock keep doing what you're doing no beardick you, you keep doing what you're doing yeah which is apparently leaving our chat and uh and donating for the papa Lycan steve cass raffle 
yeah that's uh so that's that's what's going on in the tiktok chat that's, that's all that's what we got man we kept this to like a tight hour 30 i'm impressed we were we we we, we told we told professor D we might be late we might just squeak in on time we might just squeak in on time we got time to hit the head grab a snack and pop in and 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 go Re- talk to him reset up this stuff right oh man i need to open our i need to open riverside who oh, boy Oh wait, no. We're doing we, we're doing. I thought we were doing yeah, Zencaster. Yeah, we are doing Zencaster. We're trying out multiple softwares. We need to. I need to boot that up. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's. Am tired. Am tired. But. I think that's the most efficiently we've ever done an Unearthed Arcana episode. <laughs> and for such a chunky one too. And for a very chunky one. Again, the survey for that is September first. dnd.wizards.com. You can check it out. It is free. They're going. They have a special page separate from normal Unearthed Arcana where they're going to put all of the one D and D playtest stuff. I assume the survey is going to go up there. TBD. Uh, we'll let you know. Follow us. We'll I'm let you know. Very excited for one edition D and D. They they the designers said they wanted to call fifth edition D and D next because yeah. that was the code name for it, and then people were like, "No, it's five E." So maybe it's just going to be D&D and then maybe after all this on Earth Arcana people are like no it's 5.5 maybe it's very <laughs> it's, possible I'm okay I'm honestly okay if they just call the next edition of D D D D I'm alright with that yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of of that mind with a lot of things like I wish like for example Madden if they just released Madden for the PlayStation 5 and then you maybe it's a free to play game and every year you pay 20 bucks and you get the new roster or you get a new game mode or you get like an old or you can pay in 5 bucks and then you've got like all the playoff teams from like 1984 or something you know the Madden uh the Madden season battle pass oh gosh i think i would not be surprised if Madden or FIFA already had a battle pass if i'm entirely honest with you I don't know. We don't play as many sports games. I play here. zero sports games. That's, that's not many. No, it is not. It is not. Anyway, again, you can go to the link tree in our bio of TikTok or any of our other social medias. Follow us on the TikTok, YouTube. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple. Rate us there. Give us a review. That helps the podcast quite a lot. You can find the podcast on YouTube as well. We have Drive Through RPG. Pretty much everything except one thing is free, which is our Blood Magic and Home, which is our Blood Magic and Hemocraft supplement. Instagram. Instagram. Got an Instagram going. Got a great Instagram. Sam Sam does a lot of cool stuff over there. And uh, go do the raffle and support uh, and support the lovely baby Aurora and Steve in their time of need. Jester is meowing. It is dinner time for her and us. Yes. All right. So we're going to do that. And in the meantime, peace out. Peace out.